Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton talks to us about the story of Abram, who later becomes Abraham. Pastor Britton talks about how Abraham answers God's call, not knowing when, where, or how God's call would unfold. Abraham saw the miracles of his life open up by saying okay and walking by faith in God's word. You never know what God will do with something, especially you and me. You can rest assured that God goes with you and will be there right by your side wherever he calls you to go, whatever he calls you to do. And the great hope for you and me is as we get the envelopes along the way in our lives, even the last envelope, which is death, the last envelope on this earth as we take our last breath, we can still, if we're able to, lift our hand. And if we have the strength left in our voice, maybe we could say the envelope, please, for what's next. Knowing that the God who called Abraham and the God who created us and loved us will never, ever, ever leave us or forsake us. Let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. May it make a real difference in how we live our lives, how we treat others, and today, especially, how we respond to where you call us to go and to what you call us to do and to be. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, before we get to the sermon, Pat and Monica's anniversary was Friday, 45 years. I asked Pat, so what'd y'all do? He said, well, Saturday we went to Costco and Home Depot and got food to go. So did you get her a hot dog at Costco? What are they, you know, so, but congratulations. All right. Uh, the other day, one of the church members came up to me and said, uh, you, you fish? And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, well, I didn't know that you all did that kind of thing. I said, what do you mean you all? I said, you know, pastors. I said, yeah, we're real people. I like to fish. I have different hobbies. I like to fish. Uh, I like to play golf poorly. I like to uh, watch sports, read, exercise, and I think I have a new hobby. In fact, I think I know I have a new hobby, pickleball. Anybody play pickleball? Wow, not many. Okay, good. We even have a bag. Look, Alicia bought a bag for this. These are the rackets, or paddles, I'm sorry. Uh, the ball, it's like a wiffle ball, it's only sturdier. I was going to do a little demonstration up here, having somebody come up and play, but with communion elements down here, that could go really poorly, so we're not going to do that. But uh, pickleball, it is the fastest growing sport in America. It started in 1965 in a backyard near Seattle, uh, Washington. Three families vacationed there together. Joel Pritchard, who was a congressman, and two of his friends got back from golfing one day in the afternoon, and the family was there. The kids didn't have anything to do, and so they decided to take these ping-pong paddles and a ball similar to this and go out in the back where there was this little court kind of like a badminton-type court, and they just began to play. Well, it, it caught on, and all the neighbors are playing, and it just, 
just kind of took off in that little community. A couple of years later, of course, we have to trademark everything and commercialize it, right? So there begins the process. And like I said earlier, uh, it's the fastest growing sport uh, in our country, 156% increase the past three years. So it went from last year, nearly 5 million played actively to double that now. And all across the country, uh, you're seeing different places convert things into uh, pickleball courts. And my, uh, by the way, this paddle is called the Juice. So that's my nickname now on the courts. I've become a legend here in the Austin area, in the pickleball courts, the Juice. Not really. And if you're interested, you can get this uh, pickleball bag. It actually says it's a pickleball paddle bag, $12 at Marshall's, so if you're interested. Or I'll sell you this one for $25. We could do... I was, uh, I was thinking, by the way, I know way too much about this. The, the largest percentage, as far as generationally, who, who plays this is 18 to 35-year-olds make up a third of all pickleball players, not just retirees. It's all across the board. One of the things that makes it so, uh, so accessible is it's, it's easy to pick up and play, and it's a social game. And, and I can't imagine, but can you imagine the people who just started this in the backyard in 1965, and now millions of people are playing the game that they just, on a whim played one afternoon, you never know what's going to happen in the future, and, and especially as we look about Abram and Abraham's story, you never know what God will do with something, especially you and me. His name was Abram initially, Genesis chapter 12. We know nothing about him beforehand. He just was called by God to go and to leave his, his homeland God said, I will, uh, I will direct you, I will bless you, I will make you a father of the multitudes of the nations, just take your wife Sarah and go. And interestingly enough, uh, Haran, which is where he was living at the time, that means crossroads. So that was a crossroads moment for him. Would he go where God called him to go, not knowing the where or the when or the how, or would he stay behind? What was... Abram going to do. Now, later, God changed his name to Abraham, but here in the first part of the story, it's, it's Abram. And what a wild ride it was. And to think, if he only knew what was going to happen in advance. Now, how many of you, uh, when you go on vacation, like to have everything planned out? Anybody? Are you that detailed? I had a friend once that he had the bathroom stops even factored in. I mean, it was like, Wow then other people, they're okay with, let's go. Now, I've always wanted to do this. We've never done it. I'd like to get, get four pieces of paper, put north, south, east, and west on the paper, and just pick one and go. You like that idea? No reservations, no plan. That's terrifying, some of you. You're like squirming in your seat. Well, that's essentially what it was here. It's like, Go. Joel Gregory preached a sermon once, and he uh, used the illustration of sailing uh, under sealed orders, especially in World War II. The Navy would often send out ships, and uh, they'd, they'd give them an envelope, 
And on the outside of the envelope, it had the coordinates, and they were not to open the envelope till they were out at sea. And then when they open the envelope, uh, when they're already on the way, they, they find out the location. But they have to set sail first before realizing where they're going. It's sailing under sealed orders, and they receive the envelope. And he preached this sermon, and he said, when I was baptized, it was as if I said to God, the envelope, please. And then each step along the way, he said, in my journey, it's the envelope, please. In other words, I'll go wherever you send me, even though I don't know the where, the when, or the how. Mentioned earlier the mission trip this week, the youth and Adults are going to Oklahoma. I'll be joining them this week as well. And we were in the first service, and I joked. I said, I'm glad we did this this morning because I didn't know the, I couldn't remember the name of the town we're going to. I knew it was in Oklahoma, so I figured if I just drive to Oklahoma, I could find them. But, uh, but I do have the town. I still need to get the exact location of where we're going to be. But those kids essentially said, the envelope, please. We'll go. And if you've ever been on a mission trip, they're a lot of fun because usually the best stories happen along the way. Something happens, and that's the story. And so uh, here is Abraham saying, the envelope, please. Now, God promised him that he would be a father of a multitude. Well, the problem is his wife, Sarah, was barren, not able to have children, Abraham was 75 when God initially called him to go, and later on, he's 99 years old. Sarah is 90. Uh, She is sitting inside a tent when three men come and share the news that God has said that she will have a child this time next year. And what does she do? Well, she laughs. I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, really? And then... It's kind of funny if you read the story, uh, God said, did she just laugh? In other words, I'll show you. Don't laugh at what I can or can't do. And said, nothing is impossible with God. And so sure enough, she has a child, and they named the child Isaac, which means laughter. Isn't that great? And so it's one envelope at a time. The envelope, please. You've seen that in your life. You've responded and answered God's call, and and maybe you didn't know it was that at the time, but then you look back, and it's like, I was given an envelope, and I said yes, and I didn't know the where, and I didn't know the when, I didn't know the how. I've been an itinerant United Methodist pastor for 20-plus years now, and I've served different appointments, and in our system, we don't decide where we get to go serve. We are sent. So a bishop and district superintendents meet, and they match us up, and they tell us uh, where our assignment is. And the first time, I I thought this was wonderful. I went to seminary. I'm like, what a great concept. That's really neat. Until they call you for the first time, and it's real. And we got called on 9-11-2001 to move to Dawson, Texas. We lived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Dawson is east of... Uh, Waco, population about 800. 
There was more in my graduating class in high school than the town. So uh, we were driving to the prayer service that night at the church we were serving in Fort Worth, and Alicia opened up the glove box. Why do we call it a glove box? I don't keep gloves around down here. But anyway, she opened the glove box to get out what's called a map. It's a piece of paper, you know, and I never can get those, you know, the trifle. I never could get them back together again. Once you open it up, it's like, and we opened the map. We didn't know where Dawson was located, and we were just literally looking. We found it a few hours later, but, and it was the envelope, please. It was scary. It was a culture shock, but we were blessed by it. The envelope, please, Dawson and Tawakana. The envelope, please, Mahaya. The envelope, please, Waco. The envelope, please, District Superintendent. That was a rough one. Uh, the envelope, please, St. Barnabas. And the envelope, please, Round Rock. And Lord knows I have all sorts of shortcomings, but I can tell you this, that, um, that when you say the envelope, please, and take it, you can rest assured that God goes with you and will be there right by your side wherever he calls you to go, whatever he calls you to do. And it's a gift. And, and there are places and things I would have never done on my own, yet I look back and I've been blessed by the people that I've had the opportunity to serve with. And yesterday I officiated a funeral in Mahaya. Uh, we served there from 2006 to 2011, and this was a friend of mine who uh, died earlier last week in a car accident, and just a wonderful family. And that family, I had, I had done two weddings for this family, another funeral, and this would be the fifth major life event that I've participated with them. And, and as I was there at the service, I, I looked out at the congregation and there they were, some of the same members that 17 years earlier were sitting in the same pews. It was wonderful. And it reminded me of their faithfulness and how these wonderful people and all these churches, ours included, show up week after week, no matter what, and say the envelope, please. So you think through Scripture. Abraham, right? The envelope, please. Moses. A little reluctant at first, but there at the burning bush, the envelope, please. Mary, she receives the news from the angel Gabriel, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. She questions it at first a little bit, who wouldn't? And then she said, let it be with me according to your word. In other words, the envelope, please. And then there are the disciples. James and John, Matthew and the others. Jesus walks by and all he says is two words, follow me. He doesn't give any directions. He doesn't give any details. Just follow me. And something in their spirit said, the envelope, please. Then Jesus himself, he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows the cross is looming. And he prays so intensely that it is as if his sweat is like 
drops of blood, and he's praying to God that somehow this cup would pass, that, that maybe he wouldn't have to do this. And then at the end of the prayer, he essentially said, the envelope, please. And then there as he hung on the cross, both arms extended, the envelope, please. And the great hope for you and me is as we get the envelopes along the way in our lives, even the last envelope, which is death, the last envelope on this earth as we take our last breath, we can still, if we're able to, lift our hand. And if we have the strength left in our voice, maybe we could say the envelope, please, for what's next. Knowing that the God who called Abraham and the God who created us and loved us will never, ever, ever leave us or forsake us. So today as we come forward for communion, we're reminded that it is not only an opportunity to remember what Christ has done for us, and also to recognize the offer of grace and forgiveness at this table. But maybe today it'd be an opportunity for you and for me uh, to say, the envelope, please. What is God calling you to do in your life today in response to his love for you? Who's he calling you to serve? And uh, are you willing to go when you don't know the where, you don't know the when, don't know the how. Well, he is present at this table and he's with us to help us. Let's pray. God, it is very difficult to say the envelope, please. It's it's unsettling. We want to know all the details of what's next and it's hard. But you have promised that you are with us and will be with us. And as we prepare to receive this sacred meal, we're reminded that no matter where you call us to go or what you call us to do, you will equip us. So now we offer ourselves to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr. 